With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. This was just, you know, you could just come down here. He's like, yeah, normally that's the way it is, but this is a private party, sorry. And we're like, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're here for the private party. And the guy's like, Sure, sure. Okay, what's the password? And I was like, you know, Simi Shishme Shwame Shwama Samsonite. The guy's like, one second. And he closes the door, and we're like, okay, well, let's go find a new bar. And then all of a sudden, he comes back, and he's like, what'd you say the password is? And I'm like, Samsonite? And he's like, okay, come on in. Nice. <laughs> so we're like, okay. So six of us step in the first little corridor, and he's like, did you mean did you mean systems? And I was like, yeah, systems. That's what I meant. He's like, all right, come on in. And so he <laughs> lets us in there and there's this big party from the same conference. And there's like 50 people in there from this company called systems or something like that. And that was the name <laughs> of the password. No and we way. totally fluked our way in there. And all of a sudden we're 10 more people and it's paid bar. And yeah. So the rest of the night ended up being pretty good out of a complete fluke for us getting to the bar and an old dumb and dumber reference of Samsonite. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, use a dumb and yeah. dumber reference to get into a bar. That's <laughs> awesome, man. I was way off. Here comes the rocket from Sam. Crosses the blue line. Moves it on goal. Shoots. He scores. Henrik scores. Henrik Sedin on the power play, and it's 3 0. Tries a wish and he scores! Quinn Hughes with his second of the afternoon! It was the power play which ended up costing the Vancouver Canucks. Elias Pettersson gives the Vancouver Canucks a power play goal and a 2-1 lead. It's an eight-game point streak for Brock Besser. And the Canucks have scored on their last three power plays. It's 4-0. But yeah, and yet you were, <laughs> you were right off. Yeah, so that's how that's how we that's how we got into the secret speakeasy prohibition bar in Chicago with the password Samsonite. So if you're ever Samsonite, I was trying to get in there, you just got to use Samsonite and you're good. I love it. That's a great story. That's a great story, Ted. I love it. What are you drinking? I wish we, reco- we recorded that. What are you drinking? Well, that's the way she goes. I am drinking a Raised by Wolves IPA by Driftwood Brewery. So nice choice. Solid, super good. All right, let's get this thing going. Nine o'clock. Is it nine o'clock? Holy. Well, welcome back to the PP1 podcast, another quarantine edition. Hey guys, welcome back to the COVID times. Brady and Ted, you're joining me. Brady, how you doing, buddy? Hey Ryan, uh, good to be here, man. Uh, I'm doing uh, pretty well in these uh, COVID-19 times, as you uh, call it. Um, Netflix released uh, a brand new show, and I uh, I got hooked. So, uh, yeah, I'm good for another 48 hours or so. Excellent. What show was this? Daniel Tiger. It's called Outer Banks. Have you okay. heard of it? I haven't. I haven't heard of it. Is it a financial no? thriller? Right. You ever see uh, Into the Blue with uh, Jessica Alba? No. Yes. It's kind of like that, but a TV series. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll bite. Yeah. Does it have Jessica I, uh, Alba in it? Wasn't Paul Walker? In no, that? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I dummied three episodes, and uh, but then it was podcast time, so I had to had to click the old pause button, you know? Wow. Speaking of pause, like the NHL pause, you know? Yeah. Ted, how you doing, buddy? What's going on? Uh, I'm doing good. I, always, I laugh at these because it's like quite obvious that we didn't just you know, sign on to the podcast and say hello to each other for the first time. So we're all talking to each other for five minutes before this show. And then we start the show and then we say our fake hellos to each other. But I think it's great. 
Yeah, man. Hey, my, uh, my hellos are never fake. I'm, I'm here for, for social distancing purgatory. Uh, and, and it's great, man. I'm, I'm, I haven't started watching the show with, with into the blue that doesn't have Jessica Alba in it, but, uh, I am looking for new TV to watch cause I haven't watched all the Netflix and I still have like about five minutes of that new, uh, Tiger King episode to go through, which spoiler alert, isn't as good as you would hoped it would be. It's, it's not really Ted. Did your TV break? Is that why you're watching a new TV? I don't. I'm not watching a new TV. What, what are you talking about? You're saying you're looking for a new TV to watch. Did yours break? <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry. Good Englishing, Ryan. You passed the I, test. I am a dad. That is neat. Yeah. Um, the TV's good. I actually had to go buy a new TV just recently when the old one bit the dust. But now you get like the good TVs that have the Roku and all that built into yeah. it, and you just like fire up the Netflix and everything else on your on your remote. And my boomer dad would be proud of me. That I'm trying to learn new tech at this age. So you know what really sucks for me? I'm this is uh, I'm finally realizing this because you know we've never gone through a pandemic before, so I'm new to this. But everybody has either like was it Xbox One? Is mm-hmm. that the is that the newest one or like a PS4? Mm-hmm. I don't have either of those. I'm still rocking a PS3, and I'm acting like I'm like a fish out of water. I've been playing PS3, playing like Chell 2010 or something 15, like that. 15. So I'm I'm a little bit updated, but. Uh, I'm doing my be a player again, uh, living the life as a Florida Panther. Went on a 30 goal <laughs> five game tear, so I'm uh, I, I finally got bumped up to uh, the second line again because uh, you know I simmed like half a year. They punished me, so but it kind of sucks because everybody else is playing like Call of Duty, Warzone. I'm like, oh, I did Warzone this, I did Warzone that, I had kills, I had wins. I'm like, yeah, man, like. I'm playing not online with NHL 15 like at my house, <laughs> and uh, it sucks. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you 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 log on and you you have to go on there and like start a new season and make sure that you trade like Willie Mitchell off the roster every time or something like that I'm to like, free up salary. I'm like messaging friends that don't even have the system anymore. <laughs> like, hey, you, yeah. You, you, you ever play? start your your general manager mode and then you get like a good couple seasons in and. And the build's going really well. And then you make some ridiculous trade, and you just feel so stupid about it that you have to restart your entire franchise. No one <laughs> trades with me. No, nope. that's, that's I don't my make problem. ridiculous trades. Only good trades. Only good yeah, trades. yeah. Uh, I guess that's just me. <laughs> that's why you're perfect. <laughs> yeah, and I'll I'll trade Keaton Ellerby and Jason Bonsignor for yeah Elias Pettersson. Yeah, deal. No, well, I was no, in I know like. I was in like my fourth season of NHL and I'm like, you know what? Okay. It's time to like do some fun stuff with the team. So I traded for, I got Crosby on the team. He's good. And then I played like five games and I'm like, well, this is just stupid now. <laughs> it's too yeah, good. Cause you're already, you're only playing on like, like, like Beginning. medium mode. So you're already like 80 and one. And then, you, and then you trade for Crosby. 80, 0 and one. <laughs> yeah. Because you've like, you've gone in like, used Cole Lind up a whole bunch and he's like up to 88 overall. So then you've just swapped Cole in for like Sidney Crosby or something like that. Cause or, you've developed him. Or your back. Yeah, I, I, I like, made them keep half of Crosby's salary, obviously. Or your back. Yes, like Eric Conrad. And turn the trades like, down uh, to easy. Well, like if I'm going to give you, yeah, if I'm going to give you Cole Lind, then you need to keep half of Sid's salary. Cause look at that thing. It's an albatross. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I guess I'll make that trade. No, nobody trades with me in NHL 15. All the GMs are like, we have this thing called a trading block. Maybe you've heard of it, and like they're burning me, and these are just computers. So maybe I'm really bad at this. So that's why I don't play fantasy hockey because I always finish last. Can't even play in my own video game and win. But you know, that's 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 my beef. So yeah, we're not even gonna get to fantasy hockey this year. We're gonna have to like, I don't know. We're gonna have to do something. Maybe we're gonna have to start a start a chell league. I can't join. <laughs> we play in draft play. You're gonna have to spend a couple bucks, Ryan, and get yourself an X bone. But no. I will never buy an iPhone. <laughs> what a terrible system. I think I'm going to hold out for the PS5 with the new like future controllers. Yeah, they're pretty Xbox controller looking, aren't they? As long as they're not as big as the Xbox controller, I'm a happy camper. I do not like Yeah, they're the pretty much the same shape as the Xbox controller. They just they kept the analog stick and the buttons the same the as buttons, the PlayStation. At least the PlayStation <laughs> buttons aren't as high. Those stupid Xbox, my fingers hurt every time I played that stupid thing. That's I mean, if that's like a first world problem that I've ever heard. 
It is. That is that is <laughs> the the most first worldish problem. <laughs> yeah. Man, I can't believe how much these uh the video game controller buttons on my hurt expensive my machine. Finger. George Jetson. Hey, shut up. <laughs> Listen up, Elroy. Oh boy, are we gonna talk about hockey stuff in this episode or what? I don't even know. Like, did did, did hockey even happen last week? What is hockey what anymore? What is hockey? Well, we we had some stuff. Um, we we cut short last week. Well, we didn't really cut short. We had an hour. I think we had a, a double length, a we, double feature. Uh, it was last it week. was something. But we uh, we held off a few topics that uh, I know Brady was probably chomping at the bit to get at. So Brady, why don't you uh, host one of those questions? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I wanted to go a little into that uh, that Hughes quarantine, but I'm pretty sure we covered that mostly. Um, last uh, episode there on the weekend the bonus episode so um you know we could probably go into something about uh the uh canucks released a top 10 their top 10 plays of the year uh so far they like to say um no, that's the top 10 plays okay. of the year that'll be it. um i noticed one thing about that list seven of the 10 top 10 plays were featuring our goaltender um and th- and three goals all from one player, and his name was Elias Pettersson. What did you guys think about that uh, top 10 list? I don't know if you guys even had a chance to take a look. I watched it last night, and um, I don't know. Like, it was kind of underwhelming. Like, don't get me wrong. Marky's saves were, I think we talked about them probably every week. So, uh, I, I just, it just, it was a top 10 for the Canucks. Like, it was so typical Canucks. Like, there were some big saves, mm-hmm. but other than that, like, the goals were kind of nice. But overall, like, if that's our top 10, like, there's not that much to get excited about. It was, like, those two pad mm-hmm. stacks um, by Marky were phenomenal. And, you know, we talked about that. I think one was in the 94 jerseys, which was pretty awesome. But other than that, I mean, I was, like, I was watching them last night. I'm like, meh, like, congratulations. That If that's our top 10, like, we didn't amount to a whole lot this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think- Go ahead, Brady. It really showed kind of, uh, you know, how much we really did rely on Markstrom and Demko this year, for sure. Um, but I don't think it really – it didn't really show kind of what we added to the team this year. Like, I was surprised that Miller wasn't on there. I was surprised that Quinn Hughes wasn't on there. I guess they weren't exactly the flashiest players, and, you know, it's not as important to be super flashy, but um, – you know, just kind of surprising that it was pretty much all goalies and just Elias Pettersson for for actual goal goals scored. It was just PD, and they were just goals and saves. Like, yeah, yeah, and I mean, the goals weren't even that amazing. I mean, but. I don't know if I could pick. Like, I mean, that's great. I, I totally agree with you that it would have been good to feature some some other highlights from some other players on there, Brady. But I don't know. I mean, I can't think of a Miller goal off the top of my mind that would have been no bigger or like crazier than than i mean two of those goals were basically the same goals by by pd one from from carolina where he kind of reached for the puck behind him and roofed it and they did the same thing to mm-hmm. flurry except scored on the rebound right mm-hmm. but i think you're right it was like kind of a microcosm of the season in that we were heavily reliant on our goaltenders maybe something like to the tune of 70 percent worth i don't know yeah <laughs> um and, and and not only that but like Uh, I think it also highlighted the fact that we have like two very key goaltenders that are really big parts of this team as well. Um, Add on to that, that, you know, three of those saves were that classic KTEL Patty stacker. Um, So that was really fun to watch. It was cool to go over that again. As soon as I saw that list, I'm thinking to myself like, oh man, we're going to see all three of these Markstrom pad stacks. (laughs) Because yeah. they're so good, right? So I think that also maybe speaks a little bit to our goalies having to make these like five alarm saves. Um, the the Demko one point blank in Anaheim was like pretty key to me. It was a bad giveaway by Miller down low. Nobody making coverage in the in the box either, right? So mm-hmm. maybe that kind of speaks to. Um, maybe that kind of speaks to how deficient this team is defensively. But right. I mean, I, I couldn't. I, I mean, I, other than that, I mean, maybe, maybe we could have seen a, that 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 Quinn Hughes spinorama at the blue line slap shot top corner. That was a really nice goal. But I mean, we're not. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to see a big stretch pass or a beautiful defensive play. But I think that 
that highlight package did a really good job of like saying what <laughs> Vancouver was this season. And yeah. Michael Klasman scored some really nice flashy goals, heavily reliant on its goaltending. <clears throat> Suspect defense. <laughs> yeah, what I you. what I also kind of noticed about it too, and I've said it before, uh, with Elias Patterson being the only forward, the only skater on there featured, um, we kind of noticed with Patterson this year, he had all the spotlight in his rookie season, but in his sophomore year, um, he, like he kind of got over, he got kind of got overlooked by multiple players, uh, Miller, uh, Hughes, and Markstrom were kind of looked at as bigger players than he was this season. But then you, then you look at the highlight reel there in the top 10 plays and it just kind of, it kind of reassures you that Pedersen, Pedersen is our MVP at the end of the day. And like, he's the guy that's going to win us a cup. Ooh. Do you mean like he was overlooked by Markstrom and Miller, or do you mean I don't know, sorry, he... overlooked wasn't the proper word? Sorry, it was. I just meant like he was he was being kind of considered a less a bit of a lesser of a player than those guys. He was oh, I see. Out, outperformed, like he was outperformed by those guys this year. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I think to a certain extent, uh, like Markstrom just carried over into what he did was doing last season into this season. So I don't know if he stole a bunch of his thunder as much as he ended up sharing it with. Uh, Pedersen ended up sharing it with mm-hmm. Markstrom and then adding Miller and then adding Hughes. You know what I mean? So, right. I mean, it's similar to what the Besser thing was when he got here and then Pedersen arrived and when it was Bo and then Besser arrived, it was like the sharing before when you're the only thing and now you're adding these other bright pieces, right? But right. <laughs> it's funny too because I, I believe that this season, although maybe not scoring as many flashing goals, flashy goals and taking over games as, as often as he was mm-hmm. offensively. I, I think this season was better overall for Pedersen in terms of a, mm-hmm. an, an overall game and how much attention was really being paid to him during this 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 uh, this yeah. season. Can I add something to that? I was just kind of thinking um, to your guys' kind of debate about the Sedins and Luongo, and I don't want to dig that up, but I'm just kind of thinking, like, you look at how this team was kind of put together this this you know, immediate version. Uh, Markstrom was already mm-hmm. there. We knew he was going to be, you know, he was g- going to slowly, you know, gradually get to where um, he is right now. And I think we're all impressed with what he's finally become. Um, at the same time, in the background, he's been there as they've added Besser, as they've added Pedersen, as they've added Hughes, where mm-hmm. it's finally culminated now where those those three players, and then you can add JT Miller, and obviously Toffoli's really nice too, but those <laughs> those three players that were added, um, you know, they added a little bit more every single year, and Markstrom was still kind of getting it done and building on his game. So when it all finally came together, he's finally getting you know the credit that that he deserves now. Whereas the other guys are finally you know they're just coming into themselves um, as players, and you know so as far as becoming an MVP, like he's had time. Goaltenders take time to to become. Mm-hmm what they are and I think the fact that uh, you know Marky was challenging let's say PD as the team's MVP just kind of shows that you know every all that hard work essentially paid off with the goalie coaches and and all the training that that went forth because obviously you know Pedersen this is his second season in the league he's only going to get better whereas Markstrom mm-hmm. it's taken him some time to get to that point where he's become you know their Marky goaltender and one of the you know one of the better goalies in the league so um it, it it's it's interesting to look at it that way. Whereas you know you look at the Sedins and Luongo, they brought in Luongo to be the guy to start, and that was the be all end all. As the Sedins were already there, and then eventually they kind of came into their own. So it's kind of like reverse almost of of how that other team went. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Eh? In in a in a way, I mean, I'm not. Don't write that in stone. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's a fair point. I think. This, this team is lucky to have the pieces that it does right now. Mm-hmm. And they just need to continue to augment that. And this, there could be a solid a solid core here to bring it home and mm-hmm. make this a playoff-worthy team. Not just a playoff team, but a playoff-worthy team um, that can do some damage. So it's, I, I mean, I think this, yeah, I, I think it would have been, we've talked about this many times, it would have been a dogfight right down to the very end, whether this team was going to oh, make yeah. it or not. But I don't think it was a team that was necessarily scaring a bunch of people to go on a serious run and challenge for a cup. So no. work still needs to be done. And I think if we were to a man, identify the area where that work was to be done. I mean, where would you guys put the onus for improvements to be made? Well, I think you got to start with the defense, but 
but kind of going into next year, it's it's really kind of hard. You got to look. You got to look at a lot more than that, right? You can't you can't just look at the whole roster from last season. You gotta you gotta look at all the contracts that are moving in and out as well. So I um, think a big but part as, of that. at a standpoint of just looking at the team now, it's the defense has to improve. I, I'll kind of. I mean, I think that's a a given. I mean, any team that's gonna go on any kind of a run is gonna need a solid defense. Mm-hmm. I think though, looking at what this team's gonna be, whether there is a finish to the season this year. Um, looking at next year, um, Brock Besser, I think, is going to be kind of that focal point. I think he's going to kind of be – It's if he's there, they're going to need him to perform. They're going to need him to finally step into the contract that he did sign and mm-hmm. perform. And I, I know health is – I mean, you can't predict that. Sammy Sallow was an amazing player, and he was injured all the time. You can't predict when a guy's going to get hurt, <coughs> but at the same time – you know, we talk about Ole Ulevi as well. And, you know, again, he's on defense, but, you know, if he was healthy, I think we would have been able to see what he's been doing thus far. But, you know, he hasn't been. So he's having to, anytime he comes in, he's having to pr- overprove of what he's capable of. But for Brock Besser, he needs to step in and he needs to be the guy that was on a clip to go and score 30 goals. And he can't just be. I, I don't know if he can't necessarily just be that 200-foot player, but he needs to go out and be a sniper because I think that's what the Canucks need him to be. I don't know if they necessarily need him to be that two-way player that we talked about earlier in the year. I think they've got that in a handful of players. They need him to be a trigger man, and you know that's his bread and butter. That's what got him to the NHL. He, the, guy can go, the guy can score goals. He wasn't known for his two-way play necessarily. He was known for putting the puck in the back of the net, and I think, for yeah. for me, it's Brock Bester to start anyway. Isn't that crazy? Like how how he shifted from that player who looked so dangerous with the puck on his stick, and I know injuries play a role in that. Sure. To he still doesn't look out of place playing on that line with Miller and Pedersen. The, the play still flows through him quite nicely, and he he doesn't hurt that lineup at all <laughs> when he's skating with them. Yeah. And moving the puck. He's just not scoring, right? I mean, it's weird. I, I, I would have never thought, hey, Brock Besser, the uh, the solid defensive player on that line, but he's looked good mm-hmm. defensively. Those were all sort of weird bonuses that came out of his game during this time. But yeah, Ryan, like you're right. We need him to be almost that old Phil Kessel-style player that is going to go out there and put up 60-plus points and score 30-plus goals in a starring offensive role for this squad because nobody else is capable... Well, I shouldn't say nobody else, but there's not a lot of players on this line that, that are capable of scoring three goals, and he's one of the few that are. And the funny thing about Brock Besser, Ted, like pretty much since the moment he's been a Vancouver Canuck, since we've seen him as a rookie, it's felt like he could he already is a 30-goal scorer, but the fact is he actually hasn't proven it yet. It's um, true. You're 100% what, right. Yeah, and he's coming into – it'll be it's crazy to think. He's coming into his fifth season – right um and for a guy who we thought to be 34 goal 30 to 40 goal scorer um i think next year is the perfect chance for besser to kind of prove that i mean if you look at this season the guy had what uh, 15 or 16 goals um Mm -hmm. a little bit lower for him for sure definitely especially after his rookie season but if you if you look at besser and if you turn besser into a 30 goal scorer, 30 goal scorer this year maybe even 25 goals like canucks are guaranteed playoffs yeah, so it's... I think I think Ryan makes an excellent point where I think next year if if someone needs to improve just a touch, even though his season was good, Besser's got to get back to scoring goals. That's his that is his bread and butter, just like Ryan said. It... That is Brock Besser. That's what we need him to be for him to be uh, contributing for this team the way we want this team to be going. And I think if Brock Besser scoring thirty goals, Brady, you got to think that mm-hmm. he's going to have guys running shotgun with him, like either whether it's Miller or Toffoli or maybe uh hoglander makes a team somehow like who who knows what that other guy is going to be but if he's scoring mm-hmm. 30 goals he's getting time and space to make that happen and i think you're going to see other guys step up and, and quite frankly i think he's he's just that one piece that i think they need to improve because you're seeing it with patterson you're seeing quinn hughes i mean the guy's you know he's arguably the rookie of the year whether he will be or not but Again, you've got JT Miller and hopefully Toffoli signs. There's a lot of great players that are coming up mm-hmm. in this team. And he's a guy that's been there, and he just he just needs to close because he's, he's playing for that next contract too. And I, I'm sure that he's uh, 
you know, he's frustrated the way that that he's been playing as far as the actual, you know, results on the the stat sheet look. But, you know, if if he's getting it done, clearly everybody else will be. You know, look, I mean, I, I, I love Brock Besser and I'll take some flack possibly for saying this, but I think he's he's the closest player that we've had in a number of years that looks like he could be a Marcus Naslin type player. And I'm talking about that winger that skates up and down the wing. He doesn't blow by guys, but his shot is just so overpowering. He guys have to respect him. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm I'm happy that he's grown his game. But if I'm being completely honest, and and I'm a Besser supporter, so I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. He hasn't looked dangerous. I mean, downright mm-hmm. dangerous with no. the puck on his stick. I mean, he was scoring goals in close, but he hasn't looked dangerous with the puck on his stick since his rookie season. Nope, he hasn't. I'll just I'll just throw yeah. it out there. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like like coming off like. Just to add to that, I mean, you're you're completely right. He he really hasn't. I mean, watching him all year, it it kind of got to the point where, I mean, in, as a, his in his rookie season, whenever he got the puck, he kind of thought, okay, it's only a matter of time until it hits the back of the net. He was magic. this season, and this season it's kind of the opposite feeling, and and season before that as well. Um, uh, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I can't stand watching him in the shootout, like. He comes down, does the same move every time, misses the net, or just doesn't score. Um, and yeah, he's just got to figure it out. <laughs> Who cares about the shootout? If that's where you want him to be, your highlight reel scorer, then we're way late on that one. <laughs> he looks, he looks like this current version of, of of Brock Besser almost looks like final season version of Marcus Maslin. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And and he's not obviously anywhere near peak form Marcus Naslin, but he, he, I feel like he's got the chops to get there to 36. Mm-hmm. And if not, I don't know. And this is the first time I've ever said this, but wait, 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 there is, wait. there is trade value there. Oh my. No, I was, yeah, I was, I was honestly just going to take the conversation that way. I mean, I think next season, in my opinion, it's kind of make or break for Brock Besser. Um, he's got to hit 30 next year or, you know, he's a, or he be, just becomes a really good trade chip for maybe the defenseman we need. Especially yeah, if we re-sign to Foley, then he definitely becomes uh, a guy I would consider trading if he if he doesn't hit 30. It's kind of a last chance in my, in my books. Yeah, I don't want him to go anywhere. Be very clear on that. I think no, that you, same, don't yeah. a, you don't give up on a player like this who has that ability and has proven that he can do it. Um, but I think the way that this management staff looks at things and the way that they see numbers shaking down and the way that they sort of put themselves in a corner with contracts and so many pieces on this roster that have value that they're actually willing to move, I don't know if he moves into that factor or not, but he, I mean, he very well could. So what if they keep Brock Besser at you know, a relatively similar cap hit to what he's got right now, but he ends up let's just say for for conversation's sake he ends up being a 25 a career 25 goal scorer you want to get rid of a guy that scores 25 goals he's he's not well, I want to jump I want to jump in quickly yeah. and just say that uh, his RFA his his negotiation rights start at 7.5 million dollars well but the league's going up anyway so i mean it's all relative it, 10 years from now he could be making 10 million dollars and that'd be called a steal so i'm yeah what's a seven million dollar player during that time i see what you i see what you're saying but i it's a good point to bring that up brady so i all i'm saying and you're you're definitely right i mean right now that's pretty rich for what he's not doing but i'm just saying if you've got a guy that can produce the way he he has and it hasn't been amazing but he's also last time i checked was he like fourth in team scoring at the time when the season took a pause he was what? Up. Sorry. Was what was he ranked for on the team for for points? I think was, he was sixth. Was he sixth? Yeah. At what? Like 40, yeah, it was uh, forty or fifty. Miller points? was seventy-two. Patterson sixty-six, and then Horvat and uh, Hughes were tied at fifty-three, and then I believe it was him at Besser at forty-five or so. So that's gonna be a funny thing, like. Uh, Sorry, I don't go ahead, Ryan. I don't mean no, to. No, I'm just, I'm yeah. just saying. Like, I'll just finish. Like, you look at that, and I'm thinking, like, for me, I wouldn't want to get rid of a guy necessarily. Again, awesome trade chip if that's what happens. I wouldn't want to get mm-hmm. rid of him though, if he's still able to produce 25 goals and let's say you know 30 or 40 assists because he's still a decent playmaker as well. So if mm-hmm. he's if he's a perennial 60 plus point guy, I mean, what do those go for? 
Well, we were talking about that when you had to sneak out of the room real quick, Ryan. I mean, if he can go on throughout his career and fill that Phil Kessel role, he's going to make bucks over the course of his career for sure, and he's going to have a home for a long time as long mm -hmm. as he can prove that he's going to put up 25 and twenty-five and 60 or 25 and 75 yeah. um, mm -hmm. over the years. Yeah, I mean, the the opportunity is there for him. I guess, and the final question I'll add in is, if you're looking at him as a potential trade bait, do you feel that there is an upgrade for that same dollar value? And if you do, and you think long-term that Brock Besser can get you more and you can achieve more for that same cap hit, I mean, hey, man, I'm, I'm all for a Stanley Cup before I'm uh, a fan of a player. I've wanted Burry I'll ask you guys. and all those guys to, to win it, but they haven't. So, you know, it's the logo on the front for me. So, I'll ask you guys this question then. If you could move Brock Besser for a top two D-man, would you make the move? 100%. 100%. Yeah. So maybe that's what maybe that's what this this management team is working on if if they are working on anything at all. We're all just speculating at this point because we're social distancing and trade. I think but yeah. I think right now Brock Besser like is in the long term plans, but definitely I, I got the vibe that when he came back for that one game and not even just that one game, but before that when Toffoli was he played all his games on the top line, didn't even get a minute with uh, Tanner Pearson, even though that kind of seemed like the line that he should go to. I got the vibe that the Canucks really wanted to kind of get a look at how good Toffoli was with that top line because they wanted, they kind of want to know, can we move Besser if we have to? Like, can Toffoli be Brock Besser? And if he can, that's good for us because that, that makes Besser maybe worth actually trying to move. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it serves that purpose, Brady, I don't know if that's the main reason they were doing it. I think, like, hey, we don't know if we're going to no, make the playoffs. definitely not the main reason. Yeah, we don't know if we're going to make the playoffs. We just gave up a second-round draft pick for this guy. Like, if we're not going to make it, we got X games to figure that out and see if we're going to resign I this do, guy for I next year. I do think that those those things definitely do exist out there, though, right? Like, I mean, for sure. another one of those kind of things that you think about is, like, it was weird. Vertanen was playing amazing, but uh, he starts creeping up on a 20-goal uh, pace and he starts looking good in the top six with a contract year coming up and and where does he start playing uh green puts him on the fourth line and he stops Fuck scoring so goals uh, what is that uh, just coincidence i'm not sure right so i try not to get too wrapped up in the conspiracy theory but man that's mm -hmm. the thing i'm sure that that thing happens but you're supposed to be you're supposed to operate independently as a coach from from the general manager like manager's supposed mm -hmm. to give you your pieces you're supposed to deploy them as such right so yeah. I mean I would I would hate to look at that, but it sure would be a boon to Vancouver if if Besser could t continue to ascend and regain his goal scoring prowess. And mm -hmm. yeah, fine, be a second line, go back to playing with Bo where you had your best season, and we're gonna plunk Miller into Foley with with Pedersen, which is quite honestly a really good fit because Toffoli's mm -hmm. got a bit more jam and he helps that line right now anyways and if we could somehow have a second line with tanner pearson bo horvat and brock besser well that's amazing <laughs> if you would ask me a couple line. years ago yeah if you would ask me a couple of years ago if i'd be happy that with that line as the first line I mean, i'd be stoked mm -hmm. right so yeah yeah i mean the best possible thing that can happen for for the lines vancouver and our top two centers would be for brock besser to regain his scoring touch yeah, and I mean, I want to kind of touch on one thing Ryan was saying, just talking about how he would he would like to have Besser if he was if if his career total was a twenty five goal scorer, kind of on a year to year basis. Um, and I would agree with that. I mean, over his career, that's fine. But I think I think it's really important that Besser hits those thirty plus goal seasons in his in his elite years um, coming up. Um, but I just kind of wanted to say that uh, I think I think we're all just trying to say that at the end of the day, we want Brock Besser to start scoring goals and for, to finally hit that 30 goal mark and prove that he can be that consistent goal scorer that we need. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, man. I mean, get a haircut, kidding? get a real job. Like, yeah, the flow needs to stay. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to see him go. I mean, that, I think that's a given for sure. If he get a haircut, what is he going to do? Like he's got to have the flow to make the money flow, you know? Is he going to go like, uh, what is it? Ice from, uh, Iceman from uh, Top Gun. Oh man, I'd rather he could he could do Iceman from Top Gun. He could do Ice as in Vanilla Ice from Ninja Turtles, and do the big pompadour up top and the the tracks on the side of his head. I would oh, that would be imagine? great. I would could be you, all over that. Could you imagine Brock Besser with a pompadour? <laughs> Holy, maybe that's the next thing. Maybe he just needs to more, do more gym tan laundry. <laughs>
Jeez. My goodness. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, well. It is what it is. So, um, Brady, I know you had a little topic in here about, uh, where am I looking here? On the draft. You're, you're kind of, I'm going to read this as, as you've written it so that I don't sound like right. I said it because then I don't take any heat for this whatsoever. Um, you're saying, assuming the Canucks lose their first round pick to Tampa slash New Jersey, um, and they also give up a second round pick. What was the second round a pick third. for? Or the third. Th- oh, okay, sorry, third. Is this a year Benning tries to acquire some picks? Um, he's going to need to, p- uh, he'll need sweeteners as he's going to not going to have any answer luck with Erickson. Now I want to add one thing before we go hog wild on this one with mm-hmm. the whole COVID there was rumors that because, um, well, first of all, the cap was going to go up. That was the kind of the big announcement that was supposed to come up and right. that was going to give everybody cap relief and at least one thing that they could kind of fix. But then this all happened, and now they're saying the cap was either going to stay the same or potentially go lower. But there was also mm-hmm. a rumor that they were going to go and have another compliance buyout. If that happened, I I I think we all know the answer just based on on mm-hmm. numbers. But at that point, if they're able to buy out Louis Erickson, mm-hmm. you you still want picks, but how important is it to to stock up and potentially move away? Um, you know, other assets if they're able to to buy out Ericsson. Well, I think... Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94 and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? I think obviously Erickson is the is the guy you want to move first. But um, and the only other contract on there that would be even be worth maybe even looking at buying out, um, I don't agree with it would be Tyler Myers because he's a six million dollar hit as well. And some people don't like the length of the contract. But there's not a chance in hell that Jim Benning buys out a contract he just signed one year ago. I mean, Tyler Myers didn't even play that bad. I mean, he put up nearly 25 points. It yeah. would be a bad look. It would be a really bad look. Um, so, I mean, yeah. I think Erickson's kind of the only guy that uh, would fall into that category for us. But because this actually is, I, I, I can't see how this would actually work and how if it would actually happen. Has this happened in the league before? The pandemic? 1914. No, I mean like a a compliance buyout. Yeah, yeah, they had they had a compliance buyout. Uh, Sorry, just a few years ago, I believe. Yeah, it was low fruit. Um, Yeah, after they came out of uh, the second lockout, they okay. Everybody had was it one or two? I think they had two. That I I don't remember that. I remember the buyout. I don't remember how many it was. I, this is clearly yeah. not the place to get top-notch Canucks news. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the only contract they're worth even really talking about is Ericsson, and I think outside of that, it's kind of, I don't know, you're an idiot if you're not uh, if you're not buying that contract out. Yeah, Ted, you were kind of saying about Brandon Sutter. I think just based because he's got what one year left at four. Four point three seven five. Yeah. So I mean, at the end of the day, you still have was it is it two years left for Ericsson at six? I mean, he. I'm just stating the contracts. If if we didn't look at names that were on the backs of the no, jerseys, no, they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're, yeah, there only is there only is two that make viable sense. Yeah, three if you yeah. count Myers. Yeah, but the the franchise would never do that no. to avoid a hake no on their face. Myers. But the six million mm-hmm. for Erickson that frees up to make those signings and kind of you know set the table for the other guys that are about to get signed too. God, what an amazingly stupid contract. Like that's an all timer. Like, like we're 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 encroaching into to Jeff Finger territory. Oh, like wow. it's it's not that, it's maybe not as bad, but possibly as bad as as Clarkson contracts. Like it is one of the all time bad contracts. Clarkson, Tyler Myers? Clark, no, 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 no. I'm talking about Louis Erickson. That okay, was a bad good. year. For I was like, that okay. was that was um <laughs> that was the Lucic um. Was it Lucic, Neil, and and all those guys? Wasn't it that year? Yeah, but I mean, oh. name a GM that doesn't sign that contract, though. I mean, it doesn't offer that contract. The other I mean, 30. the guy was had a career year. Man, I mean, 
No. I wanted that contract. You wanted that contract. No, I didn't we want all that wanted contract. that deal. No, 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 no way. You can't let me in with that. Don't put that evil on me. Mm-mm. That's too many years for to for too many monies. Yeah. Like you, you could, I could see, I could feasibly see. It didn't look absurd lot. though. Like, like what I'm trying to say is, like the first three years of that contract, at least he should have played better than he did. Like, I, I, we know that the fifth and sixth years, yeah, they suck. But I mean, the whole contract in its entirety has really been bad. But but isn't before, that a bad the first thing? four or five years of that contract really? I don't think you can really argue too much, just when the guy's coming off like a 32 goal season. But all the underlying like, stuff is under, like a cave. Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. I was just saying all the under that 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 whole group. I mean, there's there wasn't a good contract of those six, but mm-hmm. the underlying oh, stats were no. The underlying it was stats basically were, the the 1999 draft. Yeah, the underlying stats were saying that Erickson was going to be a bust, just like Tyler Myers. You know, all his stats were saying that he wasn't going to be any good, and that that guy still got signed. So whether we would have taken Erickson or Lucic would have come or whoever was, mm-hmm. realistically, I mean, maybe we get one of those guys at less term and about the same money, but I think he was going to be signing a six-by-six six to probably one of those three, one of the top three players in that, that list, and, you know, maybe we get lucky with one of the other guys. Kind of unlikely. He just happened to be the one that we had, and we weren't able to mm-hmm. offload him when the other trades happened. Like, I understand the thought process and wanting to bring a guy like Louis Erickson in. And I understand you thinking you're only going to get two, three good years out of it. If he does have two good, three, three, two, three good years at all. Right. But there's lots of things to like there when that contract signs, you know, him and the twins have a history together, but we also know that the twins are only going to play for another two years. And, and that mm-hmm. kind of hurts two, three years. Right. So mm-hmm. why are we signing a, a player who's long-term who we believe fits with the twins? Right. Um, just to make them happy. So that's a red flag for me. You know, a second red flag is obviously his age. You know, a third red flag is that they brought Louis in to be that guy that was going to play the twin with the twins, but they didn't play that style of hockey. He's a shot and a rebound mm-hmm. player. Like if you look at all of his goals, like the vast majority of him scoring his goals are on a shot and a rebound right so but that's not the style the twins play the twins played a cycle and when they were playing for sweden the 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 opportunities were for them to get pucks on net for erickson to bang it in right he didn't have the Mm. foot speed once the twins left it was even more exposed he was still that solid defensive player but you're not paying six million dollars for a guy like that so even if even if you liked that contract the the term is still way too long and I understand yeah. that to get him they probably had to give him the t- I get all that I'm not you know mm-hmm. I'm not an idiot I, I understand that but like at some point you have to have the stones to walk away in knowing that you're going to eat two to three bad years if we're being completely honest and all goes well two to three bad years of a bad contract like six million dollars plus way too much money and it's easy to say that in hindsight but it's but it still seems very very clear to me there was guys they could have signed for less for sure but it's because it's free agency and everybody gets dolled up and everybody wants to get the big mm-hmm. name. I get it. Yeah. And like, it's, it's, what? it's, it's the sex appeal of it. What? I, I want to go into July 1st and get the best guy too. But you also, you're <laughs> right, Ted, like you have to know like, Hey, that costs too much money. I can't afford that. I have to walk away and find a different way to get that result. Agree. Yeah. And pretty well, much well, anyone, anyone could have got a better result than Louis Erickson at this yeah, point. Yeah. You're right, Brady. Anybody could have got a better result. I mean, anybody except for, for, for Neil <laughs> so you, and Lucic. I, I wager that Neil might have had a better season than, than, than those. What do you guys. think yeah. went so horribly, horribly wrong there? I mean, everything really kind of lined up. Like that deal made sense. The term didn't make sense. But Erickson and the Twins, it was a thousand percent successful all the time in international play what happened there it was a completely different style of play than erickson was used to he was he was not he was not suited his game style was not suited to deploy with the twins for for this setup right so it was in the nhl as opposed to the international play though i mean the the stats on international ice are through the roof the stats on international ice throughout are, are through the roof but it was a it was a different coach with mm-hmm. a different mindset and i'm not sure 100 percent. and we could never know this but i'm not sure 100 percent that the twins were playing for, in sweden wanting to play in that role like wanting to be mm-hmm. the shot in a rebound team they were probably wanting to be what they've been in vancouver their whole careers and had a great influence on on dictating that style of play because if you look at the canucks and every other line mm-hmm. that plays in vancouver now and for the last 10 years only one line has played the way the twins do 
that cycle, 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 cycle. And, and Ericsson was not part of that, part of that, uh, implemented game plan. One thing that would be my only thing. I mean, that plus a, a, a massive cratering and erosion of skills that happened probably faster than people anticipated. I, I think the one thing. Oh, too, it was insane. There's, uh, I remember listening to, uh, I think it was Spit and Chicklets about a month or so ago when this season was still on. And uh, they were just talking about guys that get signed to, to teams or traded to teams. And they, they were, you know, whether it was Phil Kessel or whoever it was. They're talented players, but if they don't fit in that system, it doesn't matter how good that player is. If he doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. want, if he doesn't feel like he fits that system, he could be the highest paid player. He could be Connor McDavid, and if he went into a system where it's like, listen, we got to play defense or we got to do this style, and it doesn't afford him to break out and use his speed, it doesn't matter how good you are. You just you're not going to perform the way that you should perform. And he went to a team. Mm -hmm that was asking probably way too much of him where realistically it had he been signed to less term and less money and put on a different line and not asked to be you know riding shotgun with the sedines and maybe he would have been put on you know the second line as kind of the i guess was he there i guess when bo horvat was just kind of coming in wasn't he so mm -hmm. if they kind of asked him hey we want you to mentor bo horvat on the side there while the sedines go and do this that's fine. That's a totally different role. But they asked him to be the winger on the number one line with Henrik and Daniel. And in the NHL, that didn't fit. Yeah. I mean, no, it's just, it, it just blows my mind. It just, I can't, it still just bugs me to think that how, how much of a difference you could see with those three players internationally and, and just in the NHL. It bugs everybody. We didn't get Louis' best <laughs> years. That's, that's obvious, right? I think. That's a that's a big factor. I think Boston knew they walked away at the correct time uh, mm -hmm. because I mean, if you're a team that had a guy that put up a career year and he's done nothing but good things for your franchise, well, why on earth would you walk away from him? Yeah. But they knew, right? And it's probably it's you know very similar to what LA went through with Ilya Kovalchuk. I mean, you're talking about a guy that was dominating the Russian league for years and then comes in here doesn't fit the system, square peg, round hole. That's the next. That was one of the players they were talking about was Kovalchuk in LA on that podcast. Just mentioning how like, you know, the talents there, but he he just didn't fit that system and he told them that because I think he asked to get bought out or whatever it was and said like I don't fit here. So, let me leave, let me, you know, let's part ways, make it worth your while and, you know, let me move on. And he fit in Montreal and, you know, he's the kind of player that the teams that he's been on, you know, he's he's kind of gravitating where as far as what he's able to do and what he's not able to do. And he's kind of come off as a bit of a cocky player as well, but now he's in Montreal and he's a fan favorite. Like who knew? That's yeah, crazy. I'm not sure Louis would go anywhere else and be a fan favorite, but I know what you're saying for sure. That makes sense. <laughs> He'd go home. And be a He'd fan be a favorite. fan favorite for me for leaving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They'd, they'd like him in Dallas and I'm sure they'd like him in Boston doing things, but he would go there on a different, different salary playing in a different role and, 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 Angst would never would never find him, right? I mean, no. I, I'm I got lots of time for Louis Erickson to play on my third and fourth line to make two million bucks a year. I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh well. Do you think he knows how much we just? He does. How much he's let us down? One hundred percent, he does. But you know what? He has to say yes to that contract. Good God. Wouldn't you? Yeah. I would. Yeah, I think anybody does. Um, yeah. Did you guys see what Thomas Strauss had to say about uh, Pod Colson? I breathe. Please tell me I, I haven't. Run with it. I think it was a tweet. Uh, it goes something along the lines of uh, his two his two way impact is suggestive of a guy with really significant NHL potential, the, p the potential to be an A plus two way winger who also contributes forty five to fifty points. It may not be a star piece, but there's. There's maybe, maybe 15 players in the league who match that description. That was a fist pump for the people that can't see it right now. Ted was just fist pumping the air. Yeah, so silent hard. fist pump from Teddy Westside. With a stubby <laughs> clap with the homer. Yeah, last week was the uh, was the people's elbow. This week it's the uh, the silent fist bump. <laughs> maybe people can hear me breathing hard yeah man i got so much time for paul colson i just i'm i'm through the roof on his defensive abilities i just think that that it's something that helped horvat out early on in his career to to find his game and to be able to play in this league with the, his those defensive chops 
Um, and I think Paul, Paul Colson has that for 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 days and days. And I think that there's a bunch of defensive wingers that are in this league that survive in this league for long time, like long periods of time and have long careers and are extremely integral ports, parts of their teams. I mean, you take a, a guy like Gabriel Landeskog, for example, and if, yes. if Puck Colson can turn into a guy like Gabriel Landeskog for this franchise, I mean, that's just going to... Think about what that could do for any of the first three lines. And I know that that's going to take time to develop. And, and, and we're not out of the woods with Pug Colson yet. There's there's all sorts of factors that we don't know about development. We don't know you know, what COVID's going to bring for the next year for training habits and all those kinds of things that the Canucks don't have hands on out in Russia. But we know that the raw skills are there. And I'm... I'm, I know that other people see those defensive chops too, because he is, you know, a heck of a, a heck of a two-way player who can grow offensively. So just to to feed off of that and to go back to what we were talking about, if Drance is saying that he's going to become like a star, like forty-five to fifty-point winger, what were we just talking about? Is it expectation at this point for Besser compared to Pod Colson? Like you're comparing the two of them, and if they're producing the same amount. Are we excited because we're getting a player that can potentially get that? Or are we also disappointed because the other guy who is doing that already isn't doing more? Like, should we not expect more from both of those guys? Or what are your guys' thoughts on that? I think I think it's just a, it's not really the greatest comparison because what I'm excited for in Pud Colson isn't actually in Brock Besser's skill set. It's different. Like Brock, like like Drance, like Drance said, there's only about 15 guys in the league that play like Pod Colson does. Um, so I mean, what I'm excited for with Pod Colson is just his size and his physicality and just like his nose for the net, as opposed to where Brock Besser is kind of just you know feed me the puck and let me shoot it. I'm well. I mean, he had a 200 foot game this season and he put up 45 points. So as far as production goes, as far as the score sheet goes, if they're producing the same end end result you know mm -hmm. are, are we upset with that i just think it's about it's about perception right i mean that's what i'm saying when you're when you're when you're brock besser and you walk in and score 29 goals as a rookie and that's only your first year that's that's not your best year no that shouldn't be your best year. You shouldn't your best year shouldn't be your, your your rookie year, right? People see just like with Pedersen, what you're able to do with that first yeah, year. Yeah, just ask Tim Solani. Yeah, you yeah you say. need to you need to progress, right? I mean, you you need to. Um, mm -hmm. And if you're not progressing in something like goal scoring, then you need to be able to continue to progress your game. And he has done that in other areas defensively. We've noted that. We've marked that, right? Yeah. But I mean, just like every other sport, the offensive player gets the flash gets all the fanfare, but also gets the expectations too. And it's those guys that can live on mm -hmm. quietly and play a solid defensive role and build their game offensively that have the slower road. But but ultimately, I mean, expectations is completely different than a player who's who's pegged to score 30 or more. Fair enough. I'll give you that. I mean, I think the expectation level is a little bit different too. Like, like Brock Besser was drafted, what, I believe he was 23rd overall. 23rd. Um, and then you're looking at Pod Coles, and I mean, he dropped to 10th, but like, I mean, some guys had him even going inside the top three. Yeah. Well, potentially he could have gone one. Yeah. A good example of that is Jake Furtanen, right? I mean, if Furtanen was picked 10th or later, mm -hmm. no biggie. There wouldn't have been nearly as much bitching about developing a player like that, but they took a chance on the guy early. Expectations change. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't really remember exactly what my expectations were for Brock Besser coming in. I think I was hoping maybe he'd score 40 points, but I mean, he blew everyone's expectations out of the water. So I didn't even know who the guy was. I wanted Nick Murphy. It's kind of hard to... Uh... <laughs> I was like, why did you take Brock Yeah, Bozer? I was like, who's Brock Bozer? Yeah. <laughs> and then we all found out, we're like, oh, Who's this Bozer guy? Oh, he's amazing, and he's nice, and he's friendly, and he's charitable, so... And you wanted, Brian, I, remember, I remember this. I remember you and I, I think we were... We were headed to baseball or something like that, and you were pissy because you adamantly wanted them to go after Merkley. Merk Daddy. Like yeah. I was going to get Daddy, a Merkley tattoo on my arm, and that did not happen. He ended up going to Arizona, and you know I'm okay with how that all panned out. So, you know it's fine. But um, guys, we're closing in on uh, we're we're getting to the top of the hour here. Um, I kind of had a funny story. Mm -hmm. um, 
that kind of happened to me in the last week or so. So, um, you know, not everybody's driving these days because, you know, you don't really need to go anywhere because most people are working from home. I'm not working from home, but uh, one of my um, one of my taillights went out, one of my which doubles as a turn signal. So (laughs) for the last like two weeks, because I've been needing to replace this bulb for the last two weeks, every trip that I've made, I've had to plan on how many left turns I have to make <laughs> so that I don't piss off anybody on the road. Now my front my front turns it's a driver's side too. So like my, my front one works no problem. So as long as I'm facing people head on, it's okay. But I'm always mm-hmm. I'm always worried that I, it's gonna look like I'm cutting somebody off as I get into a turn lane. <laughs> I don't want to use my arm. No way. Are you, you're not using hand signals? No way. I'm 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 new school. I don't want to go back to this traveler safety village. So anyway, yesterday I finally and this and the Ryan's stupid, like driving down the street looking like Ace Ventura, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in this 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 like you know like the check check engine light or the sound that comes on when you've got like something going on with your vehicle. So it was coming on, but I had no idea what was happening at first because no lights were going on. Literally, obviously, I later found out. So I'm like, "Where is what's going on? Like, it has to be something." And then I knew because when your turn signal goes out, when that light burns out, it goes super quick. It goes like rapid fire. So anytime you see, yeah, it's like rapid fire. So that's how you know if you ever see a car that's got rapid fire, his signal is is broke or something like that. So eventually, figured it out, got it fixed yesterday i i took like the most windy route to get to to home uh yesterday i'm like you know what it's all good i can go left i can go right people can see this because it was a big day in uh in Ryan. nice so just wanted to update everybody that i, am I can't a... turn left <laughs> <laughs> all you have to do is turn left so anyway that that's my yeah that's my crazy story for the week so um, do we do we have dudes and guys? Is there anything we could dudes and guys for this week? We, we Ooh, I don't know, man. I, yeah, I got a, I, I got a guy. Brady Brady's webcam. You've been paused for like the last six minutes. <laughs> I hear your voice, nice. but I just see you looking down like you're checking a, a DM from somebody. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do do we've got one? Is there anything? I can't even I can't even take a picture of a Brady because for some reason I'm. You're still blurry, so I can't take a picture of you. Am I still frozen? Yeah, man, you're you're frozen as Elsa. Wow. Yeah, I know. I actually just really good at standing still. You're really really good at this. All of a sudden, hey Ted. I'm really good at talking and. Okay, I'll just I'll just ask a I'll just ask a quick question. Knee-jerk reaction right now. Do the Canucks find a way to re-sign Tyler Toffoli, or is he lost? No, they have to. I think he's gone at this point. I mean, I just, I would love for him to be signed, but I mean, there's just way too much that's unknown to even answer that question. But if I had to give it an answer, I'd say he's he's gone in free agency. He's a Canuck. He's lost to the wind. No, so he's one, a... he's lost to the wind. The other, he's he's a Canuck. What do you think there, Stubby? I think, I think he's a must-re-sign, but... In all reality, I think uh, he's gone. I think the Canucks will make every effort to re-sign Tyler Toffoli, and he will sign somewhere else. Mm. Ouch. Wow, that's heartbreaking. Maybe you can get us the inside scoop there, Ted. I I, I know nothing. Ted, I got one final question for you, and maybe we can wrap (laughs) up. For me? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I think they dropped today the Cleveland Browns. Oh man! Got a new. I know what you're talking about. New set of jerseys, and unfortunately, they look identical. Are they brown? No. They, One they, is. They they look identical almost to last year's. <laughs> they don't. They don't look. What? Where are you? Oh, sorry. Two Have years you not ago. seen? No. Okay. So four years ago, they changed the jersey style. Mm-hmm. It says Browns and like huge logoing, brown Browns and huge lettering on the legs. So they just they've gone back. Oh Brady, you're back with hey, us. Welcome back. They've gone back to the jerseys from four years ago, which were the jerseys forever before that point. So I'm happy those are back. They also went with a solid brown color rest jersey with the orange numbering, which I think looks dope, 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 dope on the field. Oh, it works good. I think it, it works. I think it'd be really fun to play against, you know, St. Louis or like Kansas City, like, you know. You could have like ketchup in in Kansas City and mustard in St. Louis and and hot dog in Brown. I think it would look really good. 
Um, but I'm glad <laughs> they went back. And let's just pretend who... the last four years didn't happen and we're we're back to normal. Thank you. Uh, do you want? Is it just four years? The last was, four you want to forget? I was just gonna say you can keep going. For jerseys, Brady. Yeah. Clown. <laughs> Uh, that was cute. Thanks, Ted. Thanks for our weekly. Hey, hey when your team is a toilet bowl, feelings, when your team is the toilet bowl, you can't uh, you can't jump ship. You know what kind of what kind of man would I be if I just left my team and went and cheered for? Yeah, I've been a uh, Kansas City fan. It's been a hard uh, 365 days, uh, <laughs> but I'm in it for the long haul. No man, You're I had that there. Bernie. Bernie Kozar poster put up on my wall when I was like nine years old, and I'm never gonna switch. That's the way she goes. Wow. Good for you, man. Truth bomb. I mean, that's why we love you. That's why we love the Canucks. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, Brady, your final wrap thoughts. Wrap it up. Your final thoughts this week. Um, catch me on Twitter at bkersel23. My work's at the Canuck Way. Yeah, you've been you've been that's me. some articles lately. Good for you. Just dishing them out on the daily, bro. I love it. Well, Pumping I, them out. You know. Congrats, congratulations on your recent 100 article, Brady. Um, Cheers, man. Your centennial article. In terms of final thoughts for me, I just uh, wait, 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 wait. I didn't ask you again. I, no, I'm just, I'm saying, I, I can't, <laughs> I, I can't wait to find out what the league is going to come down with with all these final results, and then we can actually start making ourselves some concrete thoughts on what things are going to happen in the future like buyouts and cap and trade and draft and all those things because i'm yeah and really we can interested start to see what happens with that we can start answering ryan's questions with um yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah it's just uh i don't know i don't know i don't know <laughs> thank thanks a lot pause again so uh final thoughts from me um i was talking with the guys at players choice and we will be doing I think we're going to try to do like an Instagram live next week. So definitely tune into that. We are going to be doing a box break of the new OPG platinum, which I watched um, them uh, break a few boxes tonight and they're doing uh, a break night on Friday as well on Facebook. Uh, you can buy into that. I think it's like 33 bucks uh, a team. So basically all the cards they open up um, from, I don't know, it's like 20 boxes of cards. If let's just say, um, they draw your name and you get uh, Washington. You get all the cards that they pull from Washington. So if there's like an OV signed card or a jersey card or something like that, you get them. Or if it was the Oilers and they you you got your name drawn for the Oilers, you'd get you know Connor McDavid and Drysaitel and any of the cool cards that came with that. So pretty cool thing. Um, I did one. With Very my, cool. I did one with my kids uh, before the COVID, um, and uh, my daughter ended up getting Canucks, and we got a pretty sick Quinn Hughes rookie card worth about four bills so um it's definitely worth getting in on one of these but uh yeah next week we're gonna have jason on uh for his segment he's gonna talk about uh cards and collectibles and stuff um really interesting guy um started his own shop in town here and he's done really well he's a diamond dealer for upper deck which uh is no easy feat and they were the hobby uh hobby retailer of the year uh last year for uh i think all of north america if i'm not mistaken so again I mean, you got to put a lot of hard work into making that happen. So um, he happens to live in Kelowna. We're going to have him on. We'll do a Zoom chat with him and do a box break. Um, hopefully I can somehow get you guys cards um, to open on screen and we'll do an IG live or something like that. And uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Just something to, you know, break up the monotony of basically mm -hmm. not being able to do a whole lot and get together. The plan was to originally do one in his shop and then obviously the pandemic happened and well, we're not allowed to do that anymore. So um, we're yeah. going to, we're going to find other ways. I mean, yeah, Jason's, cool Jason's a really cool guy. We always make sure to, to stop in there before heading down to rockets games and stuff like that. But um, just to piggyback on top of that, Ryan, I think that this is a really good opportunity to say like support your local business owners. Yeah. Um, you know, those guys that are out there sort of still doing it day to day uh, during this time, you know, things like, ordering from Amazon obviously makes sense, but um, if there's a chance that you can order locally to get, you know, some, some things that you need like hockey cards in this pandemic time, uh, you know, make sure that it happens through a local store because these guys are still out there uh, putting the work in and we'd like to see them here after this is all said and done too. Well, and you're paying someone's bills too, right? You're, you're paying somebody that, you know, making sure that they're staying in business that they can afford to keep the lights on, that they can afford to put food on the table. I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but it's true. Um, We've done a lot of that since this has started and up where we live and, you know, different to entrepreneurs that live around us that have been uh, 
kind of offering what they do and they've got local shops and we've supported them because you know what it's uh you know you, you got to stick together because when we get out of this we're going to be a lot stronger for it so anyway that is my psa for what's going to be happening for next week so uh thanks a lot guys um you can find ted at tee3 ree on twitter instagram i don't know facebook you can probably just find his name there i suppose um, like the stuff yeah, yeah at at always 94 on twitter and instagram for myself um this has been the pp1 podcast until next week uh peace out peace peace it's your boy josh elijah here co-host of the down by two podcast and db2 bets which now drops every friday we wanted to break off a piece of that weekend action so we decided to move our show over to fridays now you might be asking yourself, what in the hell is even DB2Bets? Daddy, chill. What the hell is even that? Well, DB2Bets is our sports betting show that is powered by Betstamp. We use the Betstamp app to find the best odds available across all different sports books. And be sure to tune in every Friday and follow along with our picks. Or don't use our picks. Do the opposite. It's your life. Make your own decisions. Just make sure you line shop and please gamble responsibly. do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports marianne iveson from iveson voice and the let's take this outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.